Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Ukul on the Ground podcast. My name is Aldrin Guerrero, joined by these fine gentlemen, Mr. Aaron, the voice, Nakamura. <laughs> What's up? In view today, <laughs> we have Kahai, the legend, Fergan. Say What's up, Kahai? What's up? And the one, the only, folks, we had Andrew Molina on this, uh, on this oh, no. show. And then, you know, we had Jake Shimabukuro right after that. Now, this trend of going up is just continuing on. We got Mr. Magic Mike Odo. Round of applause. Special guest. That's a good intro. Yeah, man. Dude, for real. You know, like, we're like, how do we top Jake? (laughs) How do we top Jake? Like, I got it. I got it. One guy. One guy. (laughs) Mike Odo. Right? Who's Jake who? You know? <laughs> Jake who? Ben, you give way better cool advice, right? <laughs> than Shima Bakaru. <laughs> Jake, if you're watching, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not. Okay. <laughs> right on, Mike. Hey, how's it going, man? Been pretty good, man. Just how's it, how's it uh, working? Doing doing everything. Going? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where where uh, where do you where do you work at? I work at Scotty's Music now. Scotty's Music. Where's that? It's oh, in Lahui. Plug your your store so people can it's come see you in Lahui on the island of Kauai. Uh, since most people have no idea where any of that stuff is, just find Walmart and we're across from that. Yeah, we have one Walmart. <laughs> yeah, we have one Walmart. <laughs> so. You can't get lost. We don't have a Target. We don't have a Kmart. Oh, I know. I'm excited. But until that Target is physically there and there's people working inside and there's things inside that building, I'm not convinced because (laughs) I've heard so many rumors about like what's going to be in that place. Like it's going to be a megaplex. It's going to be this. It's going to be that. Whatever. Nothing happened. (laughs) So I'm going to hold my breath just because I've been hurt too many times. You know, (laughs) like my heart's been broken so many times. I am hoping for Target. And yeah. they, they have been working on the building, so at mm-hmm. something's happening. Yeah. I'm, and it's not a demolition crew, so. You know, like, I'm just, I'm just a boy standing in front of a target. Just <laughs> 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 wanting to be loved, you know? Like, I just, I got my heart broken too many times. Anyway, so, music story. We're in music store. Yes. Right? Scotty's Music in Lihue. And so, uh, anybody who's coming down to Kauai and stuff, you guys can say hi to, uh, to Magic Mike. He works over there all the time. He knows all... The ins and outs of music, of ukulele, of guitar, of bass, of uh, what what other stuff is your specialty in the store? If you play a band instrument, although that's mm-hmm. not the right this is not the right website for that, but yes, <laughs> if you play a band instrument, I know a bunch about that. <laughs> okay, yeah, you know, like he's uh, you you've actually sold a bunch of ukuleles. You you know, like there, we have a bunch of people in our audience. This is because we're now ukulele underground podcast. It's no longer the Thursday live list, so there there might be people who might not be familiar with who you are. I'm just kind of letting people know the deal of your expertise. <laughs> You know? Well, funny enough, <clears throat> now that it is just a podcast that you can see on YouTube, uh, I won't have that <laughs> one experience where it was live lessons, but the guy only had ever downloaded the audio. <laughs> so I was selling him an ukulele and then about maybe like 10 minutes into the mm. conversation, he's like, hey, are you are you Magic Mike? <laughs> he called you Magic Mike? Yes. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Just by like hearing your voice? Yes. <laughs> by me talking to him and he was like, oh, let me look at the ukulele. So I was talking about ukulele. And yeah, 10 minutes in, he's like, wait, are you Magic Mike? I, was like, <laughs> I recognize yeah, that yeah. voice. I said, oh, I know your, I know your voice. Dude, I'm <laughs> waiting for the day that Kahai tells me a story. It was like, I, you know, I was somewhere and someone goes, is that... 
Are you the legend? <laughs> you know, that's that's kind of that's like the story of dreams, man. <laughs> I think Devin has said that. Right? <laughs> or Aaron, somebody going, "Are you the voice?" <laughs> oh, that, I recognize that happened. voice. <laughs> that's happened too. Oh man! So he's uh, he's an expert. He's worked with a lot of musicians, professional, world famous musicians. Like no, well, no, I mean like real musicians, <laughs> like the guy from Ambrosia. I have worked with yeah. him. Yeah. Make a wish, baby. <laughs> and Mike will pay bass for you. <laughs> ain't no, ain't no. Love that song. I played with him too, actually. Yes, you yeah. yeah. <laughs> David Pack, if you're watching, I know you are. Right. Oh, what's up? <laughs> he lives here. He does. No, I, he, does, he doesn't have a house. He I don't know, just, but I, he visits here like every yeah, year. Yeah, I saw him at Walmart. <laughs> Speaking of Walmart. I, I have a funny story about that. The last time I saw Dave at Walmart, yeah. I did see him at Walmart. Yes. And that song was playing on the speaker. Oh, really? Yeah. No, real. I was walking through the aisles and that's playing. And I turned on like the chip aisle and yeah. then he's there with his wife and kid. I'm like going, whoa. Did you make a that's, wish? That's baby? a that's a little that is that is strange. But very fortuitous. Oh dude. Like that's we, you know, we, uh, we, we saw him and my mother-in-law was visiting, you know, she's, she's a little bit older. She, so she's, she knows who David, <laughs> David Pack is. And, you know, he doesn't look like the old Ambrosia David Pack. He's, no. you know, he's a little bit older now. Yeah. So, I mean, he is with his kids and whatnot. And, um, and I saw him and stuff and I waved and he like recognized me. And then, um, my mother-in-law, who's that? I was like, oh, that's David Pack. He's like, who? It's like, you know, the bad Ambrosia? Like, that's Dave Pack, the, the singer. They're like, nah, how do you know him? <laughs> well, you know, I mean, well, <laughs> it's like, I don't I just, know if you know, but I'm kind of you, a thing. I don't know if you know, but I know Mike Odo. He knows. Yeah. <laughs> he knows true. Dave Pack. That's how I met Dave Pack, is through Mike Odo. And that is the best intro that I can make for you. <laughs> it's, it's time, everyone. We're going to have some fun today. So, Today, Kahai, we're going to be answering questions that are specifically for Magic Mike. If we don't have any of those questions, people on the chat can ask him whatever they want to. Um, or I will ask him some questions, you know, for, for him. He doesn't know. He just, you know, he's in for a treat today. He, like, willingly came here. <laughs> okay? So, we didn't force him to do that. He's, he's here. His own volition. And he's... You're in the hot seat, sir. I am a glutton for punishment yeah. at times. Yeah, this, this seat is is fiery. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we should do that. We should like um, we should warm you up with some uh, voodoo prince. No, <laughs> I watched the video when you ate that. No. Oh no, that's not the one. No. That's the one before yeah. that. <laughs> that's the mild one. That's the mild one. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Kahai, give us our first question Drum of the day. <laughs> Uh, <clears throat> Kathy had a uh, well. Kathy asked, was asking if Mike can help her figure out the key to her own song, mm. and so she said, uh, "I believe it might be uh, a Aeolian, uh, but the chords are from the D family. I, I have heard the key is what it best resolves to, and when I play out the melody on the keyboard, it was all the white keys." Uh, the chord progression is A, A minor, G, D sus, D7, D. And for the verse, it's A, G, D, A. So. Okay, so before you answer that, how cool is it that somebody can write songs they don't know the key of? You know, like, we're to just, like, <laughs> sing and it's right. <laughs> you know, like, they just write stuff. I'm like, these chords sound good. Because that's how you write yeah, songs. Yeah, that's how you write yeah. songs. That's like how John Lennon and Paul McCartney wrote songs. They didn't know 
yep. music theory, you know? Like, that's that's awesome. Keep it up. I don't... Now, and for this song, I don't think she did it, but for a previous song challenge, she sings the harmonies too. Mm. So it's like, she's just hearing... She knows the sequence. Yeah, yeah she's just <laughs> hearing what it sounds good and she's just coming up with it without mm. like being like, no it's in the key of yeah. this, so I have to sing the third, mm. you know, so yeah. So who knows? Yeah. So um, we did we did show Mike the video, mm -hmm. so he's, he's heard the song. Mm -hmm. So go ahead, take it away. So there were a couple questions that came with that. The first one, what key is it in? Um, the easiest way to always figure out what the song, what the key of your song is, is what's the last chord? What's the last chord and what's the first chord? Usually with most songs, looking at the last chord and the first chord will tell you what key the song is in. So in my opinion, having listened to your song and heard what the chords were, I would say it's in the key of A. Now, here's the thing about that. Um, part of the question, I believe, was if I wanted to add, say, picking parts and things like that to it, what key am I in? This gets a little more complicated because you're using chords that are out of the standard scale. So if you're playing a standard song, which is like maybe a C, F, G, 7, C, you can just take the C scale, which those are derived from, and play that, and you're fine. You have chosen to use alterations, like going from an A to an A minor, and even a, a D and a D sus, I believe, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that does change things because actually, uh, quick side for music nerds, if you're, if you're going to do a sus chord, <laughs> that means you're taking the third note and you're raising up to the fourth note mm -hmm. and that's your chord. So instead of one, three, five, it's one, four, five. Mm -hmm. um, and doing that creates a feeling of almost like the harmony is floating, hence the term suspended chord. Mm -hmm. um, so you're now using a bunch of things that are not within the key of A, which is absolutely okay. As we've said many times on this podcast, music theory, if you know music theory, all it is is more of a way to be able to reverse engineer whatever you hear. If you hear a song that you do not know, having a good grasp of theory is going to allow you to logically break down what those things would be and to figure it out. So if you hear a song on the radio, you really dig it, cool. You can use your knowledge of music theory to help you figure out the ways to get to that song. When you're dealing with composition, yeah, there are, if you learn it in an academic sense, there are definitely rules to it. But like every great musician has ever said, rules are there to be broken, you know. But, and there's a big but, it helps to know what the rules are. So you're breaking them on purpose. If you want to break them on purpose, because that's your artistic vision, great. Do it. Smash smash them all. Most of the great musicians we've ever heard of, especially in the world of jazz or even contemporary classical, have done that. They've seen a rule that says you can't do this, and they say, I'm going to write a piece that does exactly that. <laughs> just, just to prove that I can. So, yeah, your song's in the key of A. So if you want to add picking, at that point, I would go to the individual scales that the chords were built off of. Mm -hmm. Because obviously if you have the key of A, which is a three sharp key, and then you have key of A minor, which is no sharps, no flats, you can't use the same picking based on that. Because when you move from the major <clears throat> to the minor, those three notes that should have been sharp will now clash because they're now natural. Mm -hmm. So if, if that's what you're looking for, yes, your song's in the key of A, and then yes, I would go individually over the different scales, you, uh, different chords you're using, write out the scales 
that would go with those and then use that to help figure it out. Also, do uh, also you can do what you did to write the song. Just, just start playing yeah, just start playing around and see what works. <laughs> I think I think advice. eventually if you if you just write it all out if you can and if you can't learn how. It's not a, it's it's a skill you will never regret having. Mm. But if you write it out, you'll probably find that the notes you ended up choosing, the ones that sounded good to you for a picking part, mm-hmm. came from the scales that went with the chords you were playing at that time. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Good answer. <laughs> good answer. Good. That's, oh, see? That's Jake Jake You know? So so basically, like, when she switches to a different chord, you use <clears throat> a different scale? Yes. That, so yeah. just use the scale that matches the chord yeah. Over the that chord, mm-hmm. You're right? Yeah. So when she's went to an A, so she's so in the first two measures she's playing an A major. Mm-hmm. That's A B C sharp D E F sharp G sharp A. Yeah. And then she's moving to an A minor, which is A B C D E F G A. Mm-hmm. So I, when she's playing that A major chord, use that first scale. When she's playing the A minor chord, use that. <clears throat> Did she now, play A major or A minor when she gets to the G? Because she switches to G afterwards. Yeah. I would A A minor and the G, or is she playing a G? I would use a G scale. scale. Hmm. I would use a G scale. Um. I would test because it's in the key of A, the <clears throat> F sharp in a G will probably work. But I would also test it against those others to, just to see. You know, mm-hmm. oftentimes when it comes to composition, there is that idea of, you know, just throw it up in the air, see what works. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. keep playing it. Uh, there, there's the two schools of uh, composition that a lot of people went with. Number one, we call it the Mozart school or the Beethoven school. Uh, Beethoven was a rewriter. If if you listen to any stories about anybody who was lived in proximity to him, mm-hmm. whatever place he rented at the time was covered, just covered in music. Because after he ran out of paper to write his music on, he just started writing it on the walls, <laughs> on the windows. It was like a beautiful mind except with music. But, but I mean, and Beethoven was pretty much known for like just trashing whatever place he was in to mm-hmm. make it work. Mm-hmm. He was known for saw. He sawed the after he went deaf. He actually sawed the legs off his piano, mm-hmm. so it would that. sit on That's the sorry. ground, mm-hmm. and so he could put his head to it and mm-hmm. feel the vibrations. Mm-hmm. But if, but there people have actually sold it. If you if you go look at like people who've auctioned stuff off, they'll be like window panes and stuff that had his mm. scribbles oh, on it. Oh, really? That's yeah. Cool. And they were auctioned off for thousands and thousands of yeah. dollars because that's how he was. He would write it. No, I don't like that. Scratch it off, write it in. Mm-hmm. Mozart was the opposite. He worked everything out in his head before he put anything down on paper. Mm-hmm. If you ever seen the movie Amadeus, <clears throat> that they kind of touch on that where they said like, oh, well, you need to rewrite this. And no, it's perfect the way it is. Mm-hmm. The way Mozart worked, he would work everything on his head. So by the time he actually put it down on paper, it was the finished version of what he wanted. So he went through all the drafts in his head in his before head. he put anything down. Whichever one you happen to be, <laughs> if you want to work it all on your head, that's fine. If you want to record yourself and play every variation of something so you can hear what it sounds like, do that. Whichever one works for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was gonna say that I think uh, she there's a gap in the verses where she could solo over, or like you can kind of hear in the verse where she solos over, and the verse chords are A G D A. So for that, it's like a little bit simpler. But like, uh, what would you say? Even though it might like stray off a little bit, what would you say is like the safest key for her to try and solo? Just if she had to pick one key over those chords. A, G, D, A. 
So the problem, <clears throat> so the problem is you have one. You, the problem is you have two chords. You're you're adding like a sharp every between every one. Mm-hmm. So the key of key of A, an A chord has three sharps in it. Key of D has two, and key of G has one. Mm-hmm. So the problem is. Well, okay, so the, the fastest, easiest one would be to use a chromatic scale. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> For those of you who don't know what a chromatic scale is, it's when you play from like C to C, but you play all the notes in between. Yeah. So Just every fret. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yes. One sec. Oh, hold on. <laughs> here. Let me... Oh. Okay. I was also going to say, doesn't D have all three of those chords in it? Key of D? Yeah, that's why. Like, I, my guess was that it was in the key of D. Yeah, it does. Uh, but D would be uh, one, B, B, B. G would be four, A would be five. Yeah? Right. But remember, in that sense, when you're using an A in the key of D, you're thinking mm. of an A7 chord. So you're removing one of the sharps. What if it's not an A7 chord? <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's also an A minor. <laughs> Actually, D to A minor. Well, and the D to A minor versus D to A major is like you're either adding a sharp or you're taking away two sharps. So that, the problem is when you're dealing with what they would call non-diatonic keys, mm-hmm. meaning that the chords you're using are not all from the same key, mm-hmm. the problem you run into is the inability then to use a unifying scale because there isn't a unifying scale yeah. anymore. Yeah. So like if we were doing say the you know uh, C F G7 and A minor mm-hmm. the problem the thing is that if you break down those scales yeah. they're all starting on different degrees but it is the same scale. Yeah. yeah. Now when you're talking about A to G or G to A to D to everything like that what you're dealing with is that you are now moving out of that so the scales that you have <clears> built <throat> off of are different. It's temporarily mm-hmm. moving. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when you mm-hmm. do that I mean, there's ways around it. Mm-hmm. There's ways around it. You could use those sharp to naturals as passings. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you could simply write down those scales and figure out what the common notes are, mm-hmm. and and just only use those. Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> now, would that be an actual scale? No, not really. I mean, I guess you could find a scale name for it with a bunch of alterations. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, but but in but in real life what you would just do is you could do that where you just write on an a, a major scale then write on a g scale write on a d scale remove all the notes that are not constant among all three and see what you have left yeah you'll probably end up with quite a few because through d because through d and a you have the c sharp and the f sharp the g sharp in a is the only problem you just remove that but see mm-hmm. we've we've run into a bigger problem because a g natural chord is within that it was yeah. in that framework. So that note absolutely won't work. Mm-hmm. And so what would you do? Would you play something chromatic where you play and then go up like a half step or down a half step? That's kind of up to you though. Uh, in the in the end, play it, record yourself playing it, see if you dig it. Yeah. If the answer, mm-hmm. if, if you don't oh, like good, it, change it. Good. You know, yeah. it's your song. Do whatever you want with it. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say that it, keep, um, it brings to mind things like... Um, uh, like Hotel California, where it's definitely in the key of B minor, yeah. right? But then um, it changes keys as you know, like with every you know, uh, with every movement of, of that uh, of that song. So it starts out with the B minor, then gets to that F sharp, which is in the key of you know B minor, and then it would go to 
A, name to E, which is another a totally different 1-5, mm-hmm. and it goes to G, and it gets to D, which is a totally different 1-5, one one you know, which is a step lower, and then it goes to F, C, I don't know, D minor, then A, no, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> like I, I'm yeah. thinking of it, of it in A minor. It's but been it goes a while up, since he played yeah, this on a gig, guys. E. <laughs> and I think it goes to, where does it go? F sharp minor? Does it go? I don't know. What one of those? You know, E minor. Yeah, the E minor, and it goes to the F sharp again. Yeah. I usually play as an A minor. That's what I like I'm confusing myself. But then that F sharp is a bridge to get back into the B minor, but then it doesn't stay in one key. Like I, I do a lot of solos on this song. Like Aaron and I play this tune a lot. And when I'm doing solos on that, it's it changes every time, you know, like the uh, the song kind of calls for a different uh, set of chords. Like the first two are one set, the next two are another mm-hmm. set, the next two are another set. So it's kind of like that where like, um, so you have that A, and then when you get when you move over to that A minor already, this kind of switches. So you would you know you would uh, pick you different, different notes, set of and notes. then go to that G. That those two might be kind of connected, that A minor and G. But depends on how you're singing it. Depends on the notes that you're you know that you want to use there. It can connect. It doesn't have to. Um, there are definitely lots of similar notes between the A minor and the G. You know, with well, F sharp being F sharp is yeah. the only you know uh, only thing that's going to be different. But if you just avoid F and F sharp altogether, <laughs> you're all good. Just play yeah. everything except for that, and which is Mike. What Mike was saying, actually, yeah. you know, yeah. like see yeah. what the you know see what the similar notes are. But you know, just kind of, I just want to kind of show so that like you get a visual for exactly what we mean. Yeah, uh, Aaron, do you remember like how it, the verse kind of goes? The just the A G D A. Oh. It's not A minor, it's just A, G, D, A, I think. Yeah, what what about? Well, I was was saying, like, if you You can remember, like, kind of the rhythm, can can you try to, like, kind of, like, pick over it, Aldrin? Or, like, show what you Mm. would kind of think of doing? The sugar G? I don't even know. I forgot the chorus. I thought are. it was an A minor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I thought that, it was an A. I think the verses are A to A minor. Then the, the chorus we're saying is like A to just did a G, A G D A. Yeah, A G D. Play that again. Last chord A? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Let's try that again. that's basically what I was doing I was like trying to keep there I, I added the C when you know when, when it went back to the G because but other than that I st- stuck to basically what, what Mike was saying and uh, and trying to see which notes 
you know um is similar between all three of those yeah. like that b would definitely because uh that b note is in a d chord uh, d scales and a g scales and a scales so i kind of stuck there so is the d note so b and d i was using that kind of a lot when it switched from that a to the g that's when i added the g natural because that uh, G is a G sharp and it gives A, so I waited until I got to the G. That's when I played that. Okay, and when I would play A, I would play that A, G, B, and C sharp. But then uh, when I get to when I when Aaron got to the G, I, I play that C to get back down to the to the B to just kind of like this nice little run. But other than that, yeah, basically just what, what Mike <laughs> safe, was saying, just safe just do that, you know, do that uh, thing, whatever just, sounds good. Just you do you, boo. <laughs> <laughs> but there's levels too. Yeah. You know, at the beginning you can yeah. do that. You know, find because it makes it a lot simpler. Yeah. Then maybe eventually mm. you go, you're gonna wanna try to do the thing where you mm. actually take the three different scales. Yeah, let's do that, Aaron. Let's do, play those chords for me again. Let's do that. <laughs> let's just play the scales. Mm -hmm. So tell me when you change, okay? And tell me what you're changing to. Which also shows you the connection between all music. <laughs> so that that's kind of like where you can hear that when you play when you're playing specifically mm -hmm. to the chords, mm -hmm. it sounded a lot more like in sync with the chord that's playing, right? Mm -hmm. And then kind of when you're picking around it, it's it sounded okay, but then it's like <laughs> it, it didn't sound specific to the chord. It sounded yeah. like you're picking around and like kind of still finding your place, right? So. And and the thing is though, for certain styles of soloing. That maybe some people may like that feel of like a unifying, quote unquote, a unifying scale over the mm -hmm. everything. And then some people really like that sound of like changing mm -hmm. per chord. Like mm -hmm. when the chord changes, what I'm playing, my scale I'm using, everything is now changing mm -hmm. to reflect yeah. that. That's again, that's like a personal that's also, like a personal taste. Also reminds me of home in the islands. <laughs> right? da, 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 and yeah. then a key change and the key change and the key change change and then another key change. <laughs> yeah. Yep, that's all it's in like all that. of the keys. <laughs> it's in all basically. the keys. There you go. Yeah. It's in all the keys. Yeah. Good job. Or like hey Joe. <laughs> yeah. Which is an E. Which yeah, <laughs> it's actually an E. <laughs> Until you play e, it. E blues. E blues. E blues. E blues. Yeah. Until you play it, and then you think it's in about four other words. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it should be E. That, that's, that's the answer. It should be E. What key is that song in? Hey, Joe? Yeah. It's an E blues. Yeah, see? Huh. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm glad we agree. 
<laughs> with a few alterations. <laughs> yeah, watch I, watch Adam Neely's like yeah. twenty minute video. On it. Well, <laughs> and even Adam Neely, right? Yeah. He says that, and like he says that people argue about what yeah. key it's in and everything. But then he's like, guys, this is a guitar song. Yeah. That you know the person wrote it on guitar, so it doesn't have anything mm-hmm. to do with like, oh, you gotta play it, you gotta match it to mm-hmm. piano kind of music theory. It's like. It's yeah. just because the chords are right there for guitar. So yeah, it's, it's a great like it's circle great. of fifths song. That's what yeah. it is. A C, then to the five, then to the five, then to the five of that, and then <laughs> to the five of that. <laughs> he was doing that one. Uh, what is another one? He did a big analysis on um, Sir Duke by Stevie Wonder. Oh. That one's that one's that one's a pretty gnarly one because then yeah. that's actually a good example too of someone who uses a chord that's way outside of the key, mm-hmm. the song's supposedly in, but like is perfect for that. Love that sound. <laughs> don't set, don't set it on oh. fire now. <laughs> <laughs> we. It's a circle, so you will never stop playing the song. <laughs> yeah, it's a circle of fifths. And the five is a G. Then the five to that is a D. Then the five to that is an A. Then the five to that is an E. We do yeah. have a, uh, another question for Mike. Though. Sure. Okay. Go, yeah. Mike. Go ahead, buddy. Sup. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this is from Brian, and he says, I'm learning some chord substitutions to jazz up my progression. Uh, I can find plenty of examples of what to play, but I do not know how to do this with other players. If a bass player is outlining chords, do we discuss beforehand the substitutions, or do they continue to outline the original progression and then lay the changes over top? Oh, good question. Yeah. Okay. Well, being a bass player, I can answer this. Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> there, there's two ways to think about it, okay? Uh, if you are doing an ex- so, a month, years, years now ago, we did a show on chord substitutions. Mm-hmm. And there Check were, there, there were, there episode. You should. It's really good. I looked cute there. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, there are a couple of types of substitutions where you could just do them. And then whatever the bass player is doing, it should be okay. Um, some, of the, some of the ones we talked about was changing a major to a minor, minor to a major. Those... You can pretty much do because it's not going to change. If you're going in, if the bass player is playing the note A and you're playing an A major and then all of a sudden you just superimpose an A minor, go, you're go fine. Go for it. Go for it. Because <laughs> what he's or she is doing is not going to change. Mm-hmm. Uh, the lay of the land, right? That's, yeah. that's it. A is the bottom. A is the yeah. base. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. If you are adding extensions onto the chord, mm-hmm. like you're going from a standard C7 to like a C13 or a C seven sharp nine something like that for you players mike 13 does that's that's a little too much <laughs> i've met abe <laughs> <laughs> well someone's gotta bring up abe for some right, okay so i'll talk about abe i've met Benny then. <laughs> oh well i'll shut up now <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> so um if you're doing those no you're okay now if you're doing a substitution in which you're actually changing the root of the chord like you're doing a tritone substitution or something like that. No, in that case, you should kind of work it over with your other chord playing bandmates. Hey, by the way, I'm gonna re- I'm replacing this chord with this chord because if 
I was doing a tritone substitution going from a C to like an F and I use that G flat chord, uh, you know, and you're expecting me to use uh, something else. Mm-hmm. That's that's going to clash out a little bit. I mean, who knows? Maybe maybe in the grand scheme of things, it's going to sound even more jazzy yeah. because... Could, could you could you explain to the audience who might not know what a try? I totally know what it is. Maybe, okay. you know, for the people who don't know. It's just... Okay. Yeah, let's refresh their memory about what a tritone substitution is like. Because not for me either. Okay. It's for the no, audience. No, no, no. I, I know you know. We yeah. were talking about right before we yeah, started. Yeah, I use it all the time. Exactly. So a tritone substitution is simply a form... Uh, where you remove, you're substituting one chord for one uh, called a tritone away. Mm-hmm. Okay. C. Then you go to so, a G flat, G flat or an F sharp, yeah. but it, it's really a G flat. Yeah. So basically, a lot of times you will see tritone substitutions where you're going from the one chord to the four chord, and the substitution is going to actually become the chord that's a half step above the four chord. So instead of going from just C to F, please. If he goes from like a C to a G flat to an F, <laughs> it sounds a little weird. I'm not, not lying. It ain't, yeah. It's gonna sound weird, but it's just it's it's almost a way in some compositional techniques in order to have a little bit more uh, lateral continuity between chords. Mm-hmm. So instead of going like boom, up, down, yeah. you're almost going like boom, boom then boom, up, boom. and then like a downward slope hmm. like that. And it's equal uh, equal distance. A tritone is three whole steps yes. away from wherever mm-hmm. you start. Hence, tritone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, I have to make sure to explain those ones because... I didn't know that one. I was just joking about not knowing it. <laughs> <laughs> I, remember someone having a, I remember someone having an epiphany over the word octave. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> high. For, yeah. <laughs> a few years ago. Get in our level. <laughs> so, so if you're doing those type of substitutions, yes, you should probably mm-hmm. you should probably go over with your other bandmates that you're planning on doing a substitution mm-hmm. of that sort. There's another one we were talking about. Uh, Switching out for the relative major or relative minor. For instance, if you have a C chord, switching it out for an A minor chord mm-hmm. works because all the same notes are being used just in a different order mm-hmm. or the scale is the same. Um, and you can do that. However, yeah, if you're if if the band knows like C, 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 you know, or then G and you go C, 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 A minor, G. The bass player especially is going to have an issue with that mm-hmm. because you're breaking the continuity of like the bass line versus the chords. Mm-hmm. So, but Magic Man, yes, is it? Uh, isn't wouldn't it just be an A minor over C if you are you the bass player is playing C? It would, and but that, I do a C then A minor then back to C. It would. However, those are those are two different chords. What do you like? So you're you're uh, you're a professional bass player, Mike. Yes. If if somebody did that to you, would that freak you out, or like, would you like? I got this. I mean, I played some wackos over my time. So like, <laughs> no, that doesn't that doesn't phase me that much. I, but but here's the thing. I know, mm-hmm. like, who I'm playing with. I kind of know what kind of tricks and swerves they might do. If I'm playing with Aldrin, Aldrin's more of like a straight ahead player. So we're gonna like. 
he's not going to like substitute like something really weird and out of the court. Unless is, he is tells that true, Aaron? Unless he last week. We were doing that a bunch last week, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, well, I mean, he's never done that when I played with him. Yeah. Like that was that was special. That's yeah. for you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but, the, but the thing is, like, if he's going to do some random, really out there substitution, he's yeah. going to tell me about it before. Like, hey, I'm going to try and do this here, mm. you know? And if he, I don't know, if he just gets swept away by the moment and does a whole bunch of stuff I wasn't yeah. prepared for, it was like, well, that that's, live, that's live music. That's live, baby. <laughs> now, there, as an example, there's mm. somebody else I play with. His name is Hank Curtis. Hi, Hank. You're probably not watching this because oh. you're a pianist. Okay, here we go. Here <laughs> and we he go. knows. Spill the dirt. Spill the dirt, Mike. Hank is a super advanced jazz pianist that I used to play with. Mm-hmm. And with him, it's literally like I had to be on my toes every second of every measure of every song. Because I would have no idea where his brain would take him. Mm-hmm. And even though whatever anything he did would make logical sense, he could explain it to you why he did it. If you weren't prepared for it, it still would like, oh, mm-hmm. where did that go? Yeah, you know. And I did have talks with him at times. It's like, hey, if you're gonna go way out on the area, <laughs> yeah, kind of just give me a look and <laughs> just give me that look that says like, hey, buckle up. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he's doing this. He's like. <laughs> buckle, up. buckle up that's what i'm gonna do to aaron now like so i'm gonna play the song if i'm gonna just buckle up aaron. Here, we here we go or buckle up yeah. here we go and the thing is like i said whatever hank did would make sense yeah sometimes it would be a little more atonal than other times mm-hmm. and if you don't know what atonal means it's when you kind of throw out key centers and keys and just play whatever yeah but I've been he, in that drum circle. <laughs> <laughs> now imagine it with a piano. <laughs> but um, but he could make it work. You know, mm-hmm. he had enough knowledge where, like, if he was heading way out into like the far reaches of a song, like it made sense how he got there. It wasn't like, hey, we're playing a song in C. I'm just gonna switch to F sharp right now for no reason other than to screw everybody else up. <laughs> he he wouldn't do stuff like that. Yeah. You know, if he was going to F sharp, which did happen. He would do that by modulating a few things to get us to there, mm-hmm. you know, so we could, so we had the opportunity to like catch up in our ears. Like, where's he going? Where's he? Oh, he going there. Okay. Okay. He's going there. Now I see the pattern of what he's doing. Um, so yeah, if, if you're, if you're about to throw a lot more jazzy progressions and substitutions in, do talk it over with your band, especially if you're going way out there. Mm-hmm. I think. I think it depends too, right? Like on the situation. Cause if you're jamming and you, you kind of want to be like, let me throw this out, see how they react. Then it's like, that's just doing it for fun. Right. But if yeah. you're like in a performance. Oh yeah. Like, no, yeah. there's an amazing amount of difference yep. between that yeah. and that, you know, if, if someone were to, um, do that in a jam session, mm-hmm. I, I play every Friday night in a jam quartet with some friends and, yeah, we'll do that to each other all the time. <laughs> but it's mostly just for fun and we laugh. And like if it really causes like a train wreck, we just stop and say, yeah. what did you do? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. they'll tell us. It's like, oh, okay, let's try it. Then we make – well, sometimes when we take music, we'll just make a note on it and yeah. say, like, try this here. But at, at some point, like you get, you, know, you get good enough that you feel when something is happening in the song. Like when you jam with somebody, like you'll feel when something is happening and you just kind of follow – along with whatever they're doing. If, if like, say, Hank will start to do this mod, crazy modulation from C to F sharp, 
he doesn't just go from C and then F sharp like that. He's doing something yeah, to yeah, get there. No, yeah, as a musician, he's saying, yeah. as a musician, yeah, you'll, he you'll, leads you. I'm, yeah, you'll hear it, and no, I'm just, I'm just saying that you'll, you'll be able to get his, you know, uh, eventually. Like if if you keep at it, you'll hear the, you'll hear the changes and go with that. So as as a bass player, you can kind of like, okay, well, I guess Hank is gonna go to F sharp now. You know? Yeah, that's where this is leading. Like, and and, uh, and a big a big part of that and. It, this is a good piece of advice for everybody who's starting to get into that world of wanting to mm-hmm. that, that like jam and really be there mm-hmm. is be in that moment that a lot of people jam out and then their brain kind of mists away a little mm-hmm. bit. <laughs> and the thing is, if someone's doing that and you're thinking about what you're going to have for lunch tomorrow, you're going to have troubles. <laughs> well, we've, we've even told people, like, we've talked about uh, people send in student reviews of them, like, jamming with mm-hmm. other people or, like, trying to improvise. And then we tell them, like, we can actually kind of hear that you're thinking about what you're playing instead mm-hmm. of just, like, it playing, right? Like, it mm-hmm. just, it comes out. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, even that, like, you kind of want it to be, like, like Aldrin said, where it's, like, you're feeling it, but you're not necessarily, like, freaking out about, like, Oh God, it's gonna go to F sharp. One <laughs> notes are in F sharp. I better get ready. <laughs> right. No, and and like I would probably say for a lot of people, your ultimate goal is to get as weird as like hippie as it sounds, but it uh be in that moment. Mm-hmm. That moment. And really just that moment. If you can really reach that state where like you are really listening to what is happening, you are hearing the connections between all your bandmates. Yeah. At once, people going way off into something else will not surprise you nearly as much because you'll hear it. Mm-hmm. If I wasn't paying attention to when <laughs> Hank's playing something and go starting to make that move, I wouldn't catch it. Yeah. But because I <clears throat> am really working hard to be in that moment and thinking about it and not looking off the stage at like the cute girl at the bar or something like mm-hmm. that, I hear it. I feel that it's happening and I go with it. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, if I was distracted like that, I wouldn't have caught on something, or I might I, I might catch on to it too late. Mm-hmm. Like he'll be there, and then like he's gonna go to F sharp, and I'm thinking we're still going to go back to like say you know like a D chord or something like that, and then bam, <clears throat> it hits and really sounds bad. I mean, and if it happens, that's kind of like those are the best learning experiences because then you're like. Well, I'm, I Don't gotta, do that again. <laughs> yeah, I gotta keep on my toes. Oh. Has, has Hank done that like uh, at a performance, and you had to kind of like catch up? Oh yeah, you know like... we do that at gigs. You oh, do that nice. just at gigs. Wow, yeah. that's he awesome. would he would do stuff like he would do stuff like you like look at us and call out new chord progressions on the bandstand. <laughs> like we're playing a song, and he's like, "Hey, we're gonna vamp in the middle. I want you to go from this chord to this chord to this chord to this chord. And Ready? Go. Here we go. Bam. Yeah, like seven chords. Just remember that. Just yeah, remember. just remember this. Go. Here's the sequence. You know. So but, if, you're, if you're playing with people like that, then yeah, chord substitutions are probably yeah. not going to be too. Yeah. Then you're like out of left field. You're like some kind of good, man. <laughs> like, like some kind of a good musician. Yeah. I if mean, you, if you can do stuff like that. I mean, I lie well on a resume. Okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you're like it's a kind of professional. <laughs> like. You play for money. I've played it's, with Aldrin Guerrero. What's what's it like playing for money? <laughs> it's <laughs> almost, okay. I've it. only really played for box lunch. <laughs> it's almost like Musubis. you taught every person in this room music <laughs> or something. You Two know, thirds something. of them. <laughs> uh, you're like 
some kind of music gap. <laughs> you have earned that hat, Mike. <laughs> okay, God. Any more questions? Uh, yeah, we do have a couple more questions. <clears throat> Uh, so we have two questions. Maybe you can answer this one pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh, Kristen Sue asks, where do all the weird scale names come from? Ionian. Greek. Yandorian. Okay. <laughs> Good. Uh, it's true. They're all Greek. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Do you, do, you know the, do you know what the Greek word is for? Like what oh, do the actual mean? translation? Yeah. Actually, no. I just, I, just know, I just know what the, the yeah. Ionian scale is, the uh, root scale. Mm. Dorian, Phrygian, Lydian, Mixolydian, Aeolian, uh, Locrian, and I've, back to... Aeolian. I've had some great Aeoli at <laughs> Oasis. <laughs> That's <was> pretty good. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Joko asks, do minor chords make people feel a certain way because we're actually culturally uh, conditioned to feel that way? Or is it something in the sound itself? Oh, Holy musicology question, Batman. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, Hold on to your crystals. <laughs> what <laughs> came first? Yeah. Let me get my chakras over here. <laughs> yeah, I guess. What um, came first, the chord or the note? <laughs> that one's actually, I can answer. Chord, notes. Notes oh, came first. Okay. Because chords are made from notes. Yeah, notes but what are notes made of? <laughs> well, going but who gave birth to the notes? <laughs> <laughs> If you go back, <laughs> the first music was basically percussion, like cavemen banging on rocks and mm -hmm. stuff like that. So, or first human music, I should point that out. However, mm -hmm. you know, animals have had music mm -hmm. of many sorts for a lot longer than humans have been around. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, yeah, because individual notes, and since you can't play chords on rocks, <laughs> you know, just you, know. you wait, Mike. I'll yeah. show you. I can, yeah. I can yeah. play chords. On rocks. I'm gonna I mean, if you find like the gamelan, like, like, like stone drum, rocks. yes, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, so power chords are rock chords. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. We're back to Sweet Child of Mine again. <laughs> do we do we even need to hear the answer anymore? Let's just close the podcast. No. Yeah, go ahead. We got yeah. like we got like twelve minutes. Yeah. I can use eleven of them. <laughs> um, so is it that we're culturally in like conditioned to feel minor as sad? You know, I will tell you. I would tell you this. That's actually a something that is still argued mm -hmm. between musicologists and like psychologists and things today um the way because there are definitely cultures in this world where minor sounding music or minor key music sounds happy i think if you since we just covered names if you listen to a lot of dancing creek music balkan eastern european music a lot of that is minor key but that's all like wedding songs and dances and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Um, that's Turkish. Nobody, nobody would say that's a really sad sounding song. Mm -hmm. That's actually a very like let's get up and dance song. Yeah, there's a major in there. There is, yeah, but that's at the second half. Yeah. So, is minor inherently sad? I would actually say no. Mm. Um, simply because there's too many examples of music that is minor key based. That sounds happy, sounds like a party. Japanese music. If you listen to a lot of like J-pop music, a lot of it uses like blues and or minor key type melodies. Mm -hmm. And yet no one would, uh, oh, what's it from? I think I think it's from a Sonic the Hedgehog game, Yvonne Polka. Uh, mm -hmm. Hakuni Mitsu does it too. Do you know that song? The lead song. If it's not in Monster Hunter, I've not. Heard it. <laughs> uh, but if you've heard that a song, lots of great Japanese songs in there. Th that is a lot of great. 
Actually, there's a great relaxation Monster Hunter. Oh, yeah? No, Rise has a lot of uh, Japanese. No, it does. Anyway, it does. But, um, but no one would sound like, no one no one would listen to Ivan Polka and say like, oh my gosh, that's a really sad song. Mm. No, that's like a get up and dance song. Mm. So uh, a lot of music from the Eastern countries, Eastern Europe, all the way out through Asia, generally actually has more minor sounding music. And yet nobody necessarily counts that as sad unless... You also include that. Now, this is where I kind of think it does mesh. If you match minor key music with slower tempos, mm -hmm. that definitely mm -hmm. then starts to bring a more somber kind of feel to it, mm -hmm. you know, uh, to it brings a more somber feel to the music. But the, the truth would be the same, too, is if you took a major key thing and played it really soft uh, and really slowly. Mm -hmm. it'd be kind of hard to to say oh this sounds the quote-unquote major happiness mm -hmm. yeah. so i think it i think it really comes down to the song and the style of music you're playing in yeah yeah I, and i think like that labels right like the happy oh major is a happy chord minor is a sad chord is like an easy way to kind of look at the chords yeah. when you're first getting into Absolutely. the idea yeah. but then as you kind of grow as a musician you realize that like uh, not really, and you can kind yeah. of shades of gray. Yeah, and it is can, what you make of it. Yeah, yeah, it can be more complex emotions rather than just happy and sad, right? Yeah. and mm -hmm. I and I do that with beginning students too. When I'm teaching little kids, mm -hmm. yeah, if I play them a major chord, I say this is the happy sounding chord. And if I play a minor, mm -hmm. it this is the sad sounding chord. But that works when they're like six. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it yeah. doesn't work yeah. so good when they're like 13, 14. They're like, ah. <clears throat> because then what, then how would you describe the emotion of a dominant seventh chord? Or a diminished chord, which is technically more minor than minor. Mm -hmm. Or even an augmented chord, more major than mm -hmm. major. Do, do, you, do you then say, well, diminished chord is really sad. <laughs> like depressed. It's a, it's a clinically <laughs> depressed chord. A depressed chord. <laughs> you know, or do you say the augmented is like the ultra happy chord? I, you know, at that point, it doesn't really work so mm -hmm. good anymore. You know? Uh, I have a question. Sure. So this is our finale. Yeah. Are you about so, to make me make a connection between two things that don't no, relate to each other? No, 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 not today. After <laughs> the show. <laughs> so um, we've discussed this on this show, and Jake was just here. Uh, we must have discussed this maybe last week or the week before. But uh, on the song "Mean Shirley T," you're familiar with that song. Are you going to ask about that crazy ass chord at the end? Yes. <laughs> it is C flat five. What is the purpose or reason that? A man like Jake Shobukoro would end on a flat five chord. Okay. I have actually thought about this because we discussed this on a podcast. Mm -hmm. And then you had Jake on. I did watch that. <laughs> I didn't ask him. I should have. I don't know. I was starstruck. <laughs> I thought about it. But I, I, it <laughs> made me think of that question. And I do yeah. actually kind of have an answer for it. Yes. What is it? I just want your opinion. I, I know the answer. But... Okay. So you <laughs> tell me. Tell no, me no. I, mean, I just wanted to make sure you know. <laughs> Here's why. And I'll tell you I, my in in music. A yeah. lot of times, people create what I think are called phantom effects. Mm -hmm. They do something because our ears will fill in the gaps. Okay, so there's an example of certain like chords you can play mm -hmm. that if you leave out certain other notes, certain notes, right? Mm -hmm. People still hear the same chord because their brain, having heard it so many times, fills in the spots that aren't there. Mm. So when you so uh, 
a quick theory one. If you, when you're voicing chords in jazz, because someone was asking about that, a lot of times when we need to voice chords on the piano, we start with only two notes, the third note and the seventh note. And the reason is the third note and the seventh note will always change if you're changing the chord. Mm -hmm. Okay. Whereas the first and the fifth do not change. The first never changes because the C is a C is a C. The fifth needs to get to a diminished or an augmented chord to actually change. So it means you're going through major, minor, and dominant mm -hmm. seventh before the fifth changes. So you can't really use that as a good anchor. Whereas the third note and the seventh note, one of those two, if you have both of them, one of them will change every single time. Mm -hmm. Just major minor alone. It's like three, flat three. Yeah, exactly. So here's the thing though. If I get on a piano and I play you the third and the seventh of any chord, mm -hmm. right? Most times you're going to be able to still tell what chord I was playing. You may not be able to, if you don't have perfect pitch, you can't say like, that's a C major this. But if I play you just the third and seventh, well, you'll be able to tell me. So four and a, seven? Three and seven. Three and seven. Uh, is that going to be like dominant seven, regular seven? But see, well, that's what I'm saying. So if it's a, mm. so if I'm playing C major seven, play it. Yeah, okay. right? Okay. I get a C and a B, B natural, B. Uh, E and a B mm -hmm. natural. Mm -hmm. Okay. If I go to C dominant seven, I go to E and B flat. flat. So yeah. one thing has changed. So from if here I go to C minor to this. Yeah. You see, yeah. one thing is always changing. See, the thing is now that if I just play those, you mm -hmm. will be able to follow that sort of the structure that I'm doing mm -hmm. even though I'm leaving out even the root note I'm leaving out and you can still follow it because of the other two creating that sound in your head mm -hmm. now here's what I think is happening a lot of time when Jake does that and leaves that note hanging play that chord again the, the lick in the chord if you if you just listen to that and you're listening to that doesn't your ear automatically start to hear that F sharp resolve because you've heard it before, resolve. The, you see, you're doing yeah, it yeah, 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 No, I know. Yeah. I'm just giving them an yeah. example yeah, yeah. of like what it but would to be. The, but, but, but then... The G is there. It, you almost yeah. hear it later. As, you almost hear it after the music yeah, stopped. Yeah, yeah. And I, keep, I kind of think that that might be part of why he's mm. doing it. Because he's literally playing you a chord that's... The final chord, but it's really not because the last chord, which is the consonant C mm. to G, mm. you're going to hear it in your head. So he's now playing. We, you know what? Let's just call him right now. <laughs> you, 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 want, you want to know my answer? Yes. You want to know why I think that? Well, he's evil. Oh. No. <laughs> in, uh, in music, there's something called phantom effects. <laughs> <laughs> well, that does it for Ukulele on the Ground podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening in. Uh, we're here every Thursday, 1 p.m. Hawaii Standard Time. Join us live one of these days. Or if you if you like listening or just watching this afterwards, keep keep doing that. You know, download the podcast, listen to it, uh, watch the show. Let us know what you think. Uh, ask questions, whatever it may be. Right after this, we do have a open mic that's going to be happening at 2.30 Hawaiian time. Um, but we'll probably be on about 2.20. You know, if you want to yep. participate, we'll be on at about 2.15, 2.20. Um, we go on till everybody gets a chance that, that wants to, you know, that wants to play. Okay. Um, <clears throat> let's see. Sometimes we go for like couple hours sometimes just an hour hour and a half depending on how many people are there it's always good fun so make sure you uh you just 
just come in. You don't even have to play. You can just come in, just watch everybody else play. Tomorrow we have Aloha Friday Live Jam. And also recently we put up uh, Hene Hene Koaka by um, Izzy. We watch it. <laughs> we actually watch it at the store. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah? Oh, please, no, please do not perpetuate <laughs> that, <laughs> that version of his name. <laughs> Every time we play at, like at a gig and stuff and people want to want that uh, Somewhere Over the Rainbow song and stuff. Like, do you know that song by Izzy? It has always been like a, like an inside joke. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Izzy. Where did that it. start? I have no idea. Please, People call him Izzy. Yeah, I guess. Please don't perpetuate <laughs> that. For anybody listening, yeah, please, don't, don't please repeat don't that. Please don't perpetuate it's, that. It's Israel. Or is. We have is. like 30 seconds. I'll like, tell a quick story because you were sure, bringing sure, this sure, up. Sure. I, actually get, I actually did play with him. Israel Kamaki Viola? One time. Whoa. One time. It was nothing special. But it was special to me. Yeah, of course. You know, I was a ninth grader. In, I was a yeah. ninth grader in high school. Oh, so you were like part of a big band. In yes. The back. <laughs> yeah, that's cool I, though. The, you know? My high school band, yeah. Kappa, we played the halftime show of the Hula Bowl Ooh, in and 1990 was... and 91, and he was the headline act. Oh. We got to play Margarita with him, oh. and actually, our oh. band ended up right next to his stage. Yeah, not to be confused uh-huh. by Margarita Ville. Margarita no. is a is, is Margarita awesome is one of song. his songs. Yeah. 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 That was his. Don't know how to play that. Oh, what were you playing? On alto saxophone. Alto saxophone. No, I would oh, not know. That would come on. That would have been an unforgettable experience. And you'd be like, that I was, still remember to this day. I actually whatever, saw you know? the sheet music in a in a folder somewhere, but yeah. no, that I do remember that. That that that, that ties into like. That's wow. cool. Is he the most famous person that you you played with? Uh, Who's the most famous person that you you played? No, you Kenny, with? Kenny Loggins. Kenny Loggins. <laughs> yeah. Kenny Loggins would be the most famous. I don't know. I, I played with this guy from Ambrosia. <laughs> <laughs> David would be right up there. David I met him through my real. friend Mike. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, it depends on it depends on generation too. Yeah, I played with Jake Shimabukuro. That's, that's you know, pretty, like people good. know that name, yeah, right? Exactly. Uh, Abe Lagrimas. I've, I've played with Abe Lagrimas. Have you played with Abe Lagrimas? I have. Oh well. I've also played with Jake. <laughs> oh well, never mind that. Who have I played with that you haven't played with? Oh, uh, that I'd like to play with. That yeah. Style-wise, uh, Craig and Sarah. Yeah, they are. They are. They are cool. They're ja- they're jazz yeah. people, and, and jazz I'll, is kind of my I'll let, foundation. I'll introduce you one day. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. I, I call him by his full name, Craigerus Chief. Craigerus Chief. Craigerus. If you're if you're watching, I have no idea what about. He knows where it comes but from. But you guys are jazz guys. That's why I dig it. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, Craig Chief. That's a good one. That's a good answer. They're they're awesome. They're, they're, they're jazz guys. I like the I like the jazz thing. Wow. So. Yeah, they are they are jazz people. Yeah. Neil Chin is a jazz person too. Have you played with Neil Chin? No, I've not. He's great. You guys should, you know. What about uh this young young kid, uh Abe Legrimbus? <laughs> or Benny young kid. Benny? Young young, young Another man. guy. Benny, <laughs> Benny Chong. Have you played with Benny Chong? Before? I've seen no, I've seen Benny play many mm-hmm. times. But have he's, you jammed he, with him? He's, oh, no, because he's always got Dr. Byron with him. So. I guess so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, By the way, sorry, I think Byron's Google <laughs> books really good. Oh, yeah? It, it, he, he has Google books? Byron? Yeah, yeah he wrote like a that. beginner's method for reading ukulele. Okay. I'm going to have to I'll, check I'll that out. I'll bring it to you. You can check it out. I played with Lauren Bouchard. That's, that, I have you know, not, I've not had that. <laughs> you know what's great about all these names uh-huh. is that I gotta find all the links for these people. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. Yeah, let's name more people. So. Oh, oh, well, oh, there, was, there was one guy named Jeffrey Steele. He's awesome. Country writer wrote all the big hits for Rascal Flatts. Mm. 
Um, Who's or, that guy from Evanescence that we jammed with? Uh, ben Moody. <laughs> ben Moody, that guy's cool. Ben Moody, he's one of oh, two songwriters from Evanescence. <laughs> I did also uh, Robert Schwartzman, he was in the band Rooney. Oh yeah, yeah the Rooney guy. Yeah. yeah, the Rooney guy. Um, Who's the guy with the big hat? Who gave the big hat to Jake at the show? Oh, I don't. He's remember. like a. Oh, a um, the, this was at, the, at the Hyatt, right? Yeah, Butch Walker. Butch Walker, amazing. Butch Walker, amazing. Yeah, another one. That was, the year before <laughs> was when I actually played uh, for Lisa Loeb. Yeah, just name drop. Uh, Lisa, 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 yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> that is. But she didn't play. That was the weird part. I was playing. It was the first time I'd ever played with John Cruz. Oh, nice. And. If you've ever met John, he is the type of guy who, like, if he gets an idea in his head for you to play something, you're going to, and there's really not yeah. much you can do about it. Yeah. Because that's how Island Style in B flat. That's what you're doing now. It's like, okay, John, whatever you say. <laughs> <laughs> this is this was this was it. I was backstage because that was the night I played with Raya Taya. Mm. And do you remember you remember Keith Kawamura? No. He went to Kawhi High too. He's good, good uh guitar player. And Keith plays 12 string really nicely. John heard him play in the mm-hmm. courtyard with other people. You're he said, playing with you play with me tonight. <laughs> so okay. I love reminiscing. So like, when I put <laughs> when I was putting my bass away, Keith looks at me with that uh, evil glint in his eye and he goes, Hey John, this song would sound good with bass, yeah? <laughs> I'm like, Oh, you son of a gun. <laughs> so I so, so John looks at me like, Yeah, what's your name, bro? Mike? It's like, you go play with us. It's like, oh, I don't know the song you're going to play and everything like that. I don't want to mess it up. And he's like, no, no, bro. I'll go be fine. No, 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 no. It's like, no, no, I really don't think I should. And he got right in my face and said, come on, Hawaiian. Go, bro. And like, he called you Hawaiian? I'm so jealous. And you called me Hawaiian. And, and I was like, okay, I'm not going to win this oh, argument. Man. So we went back out on stage and we played his set. Yeah. And then he said, we're going to play beautiful Kauai. And I'm like, that makes no sense. Yeah. And he said, but we have a special sing- special dancer. And somehow someone had convinced Lisa Loeb <laughs> to, dance to learn, how to, bl- learn how to dance beautiful kawaii. Yes. So she came in a white halter with a big hakule oh, and she danced beautiful kawaii hula. That. that was the year before. Oh, man. That, that was, to this day, is still one of the weirdest ones I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. I was like, I've played on stage with Lisa Loeb, but she wasn't actually playing nor singing. She was, who, she was dancing hula. hula. <laughs> and I can't even find pictures huh. of it. I really oh, wish I could. Dang. Okay, well, we got to okay. go, guys. Sorry, guys. This is over time. No, 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 it's not that. This is five minutes. It's fine. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> yeah, the more real. people we yeah. list, the more and the more Kahai has to, like, put the You know, Lisa was dating okay. Diesel Zappa at the time. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, 12 a.m., uh, 1 a.m., 2 a.m. He's not yeah, hunting just, today, just Mike. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll see you folks next time. Uh, yeah, check us out and check out the brand new lesson. Uh, is Kamaka Viva Ole Hene Hene Kowaka? We teach you folks uh, all parts, basically, of that song. And um, we Aaron's also, editing magic. Yeah, look at that. He, he even did two separate videos, one for Instagram and one for YouTube. So check both of those out. They're they're two different videos. So make sure you check check out both videos if you really want to master that song. Watch both. That you're gonna you're gonna need to. Okay, we'll see you folks next time. Aloha. Thank you, Magic Mike. Hey, anytime, bro.